Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And this week, oh, practitioners, you are going to love this conversation. It gets really juicy, really interesting. And it points a lot to what Reiki reveals. And the reason I'm so excited about this conversation is because a lot of you know my background and story with Reiki. And there was um, a time within my work with Reiki that I questioned if I was doing Reiki at all, because what I was experiencing and encountering was very different than what my teachers at that time had mentioned or told me I, you know, I, I didn't know. So I had to do some more exploration. I ended up studying intuition and taking some other classes and learning other methods of healing. And ultimately it was all to understand myself more fully, but a lot of it also helped me to widen my scope and understanding of Reiki and what that even means or what it is. And so I think today's conversation will do a bit of that for all of you. What Reiki reveals um, often is very unique to each of us. So today you're going to meet an incredible person, just a beautiful human. Her name is Ebony Banks. She is an intuitive healer, a coach, and a writer. She has an upcoming book called The Intuitive Nudge, Eight Steps to Trust Your Gut. And she also is a Reiki practitioner who became aware of one of her gifts, which is called Tangency. So I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the various Claire's. Some are more popular than others, like clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance. But I had personally never even heard of Tangency. So that part of the story is very interesting as well. And I feel like a lot of you will be able to relate to this. So get ready for a beautiful healing conversation that I think will inspire a lot of you practitioners, no matter really what it is that you practice or study. And if you want to learn more about Ebony and her work, please do visit her website, which is ebonybanks.me. So ebony with an I, banks.me. And you can follow her on Instagram at intuitive ebony rights. The links for all of that are down in the show description. Also want to remind you loves that the Reiki Rays Global Healing Summit has launched. And I would love for you to check that out because there's even more information there that will really help you support you and inspire you on your path, especially if you are curious about Reiki, already practicing, already teaching, no matter where you fall in the spectrum. So you can go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com and get your um, register to access the Reiki Rays Global Healing Summit. There are over 30 interviews there. And finally, don't forget to download the Energetic Alchemist app. If you haven't already, you can get that through the Apple App Store or Google Play for Androids. And you can even watch these interviews right there on the app in the palm of your hand. Very convenient. But there's more uh, free content on there for you as well to support you on your path. 
All right, beauties. Now it is time. Let's have a chat with Ebony Banks and I will see you on the other side. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. Today, we are here with the lovely Ebony Banks. Ebony, first, I always just like to say I really appreciate when people take the time to share with us here on the podcast. So thank you for making time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Reiki has changed my life. So I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah, I was reading your bio. And I really actually am so curious about your story because not just your story overall, which we're going to get into, but we're going to talk a bit about Reiki and Claire Tangency. And I was like, what? That's one Claire I hadn't <laughs> heard of. However, once you described it, I was like, well, that makes all the sense, right? So yeah. before we get into it, um, just want everyone to know that you are an intuitive healer. You're a coach, you're a writer, you have a forthcoming book that we'll talk about later as well. But what started your path in all of this? Oh goodness, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> so many things. Yeah. It came from so many different directions, you know? Yeah. And all kind of culminated into this. And so um what started it? I guess started the Reiki journey specifically or just Well, you know, let's back up a bit because I did okay. read that this was actually you noticed your sensitivities even as a child and your father had a very interesting career. So could you give a little bit of background, even how you grew up and how it relates yes. to this work? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm from very, you know, highly spiritual people on both sides of my family, okay. you know, and yeah. um, some professionally like my dad, he was a, a social worker who um, operated a freestanding mental health clinic is what they called it at that time. Wow. And he was doing hypnotherapy and all kinds of things with clients. And also on my paternal side of the family, you know, there were other spiritual people who were just, you know, spiritual in nature, you know, yeah. like I, I, I talk about my uncle Jack, my great uncle Jack, who told my little, my older sister, like when he was going to die because she had a birthday party the next day and he wouldn't be able to make it because he he told her the Lord told him that he was going to die that night. Oh, and wow. he actually did, you wow. know, and he was not sick. And then um, so like spirituality, just who my people are on that side of the family is very strong. And then mm -hmm. on my mom's side, my maternal great grandmother read poems for the for a living in the 1940s. Wow. So, and um, my family, my immediate family is Christian and religious. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of things. And little me was just interpreting and understanding all these things from my own perspective and have come to understand spirituality in the way that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But was it ever anything, even though you were, you have all of this, you know, in your lineage and you may have noticed, you know, at a young age that you had some sort of abilities and these types of things, was it something that you tried to ignore or push away or was it you always leaned into it? I definitely, as a child, I just knew I knew things people didn't tell me, but mm -hmm. I didn't know how I knew them. I didn't know the words like intuitive or clear anything. Right. And um, I, I just kind of treated it like, oh, okay, there it is. Okay. Yeah. As you know, like I didn't yeah. pay much attention. Um, one thing that I did used to do a lot as a child was imagine I had an awareness that there was more to my physical reality. And so I would, I would sit 
And I would imagine what my life would be like and where I would be when, if I didn't have a body. Wow. Yeah. I did. That was like a regular practice as a little girl, like six and seven years old. So would you travel places or was it just like a, where would you go in your consciousness in that space? It was really just my imagination because my, my curiosity was just leading me to understand like what life would look like if the things, if this wasn't life, like that's what I was trying oh, so to So just of. like the entirety of the planet in your life experience, yes. if it was outside of form. Very yes. interesting. This is what I, little Ebony yeah. was thinking. And so I, it was really a mental practice. And I would, I remember I would just close my eyes and just imagine like a space of nothingness, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I imagined I would be if like the world didn't exist. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because we are going to talk about Reiki, but I also wanted to speak to you about intuition because it is a big part of your work. So mm-hmm. was this something that, again, like as you got older, ha- had you always stayed in connection with your ability to perceive differently or did you end up, was there a catalyst where you're like, I need to take a class or figure this out? <laughs> I absolutely did not always, you know, accept it. Um, yeah. As I got older, you know, I just wanted to be like my friends. Right. And so I definitely, um, I thought it left me. That's how I, I used to think about it. Cause I, I thought it was something I could manage, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, some, or was able to be managed in some way. And so in my adolescence, I thought about it as having left me like, oh, it doesn't exist anymore. It was something I just had as a child, you know? Yeah. And then as I got older and started recognizing it and meeting like-minded people, having the same experiences, I realized that it actually hadn't left me. I just probably made it small or ignored it completely right. in my attempt to just be like a regular teenager, you know? Yeah. So it was not until like my twenties that it started to, I started to pay attention again. Okay. So then let's jump ahead to that part of your life. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in particular going on that caused you to pay attention or, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. was it that made you even come into this arena of now I am like you, are you claim you know you recognize yourself as an intuitive healer as a coach and all of these beautiful offerings yeah it it kind of started on like it was a rolling acceptance you know because Mm -hmm. I was also dealing with um repressed trauma and so I wasn't in my full truth you know because I hadn't dealt with and healed from my trauma and so that's why I think it was rolling and it took so many years for me to you know own all of this Mm -hmm. Um, but it really helped when I met like-minded people who started to give me language and experiences and help me understand myself outside of what I had just kind of pulled together in my own knowing by myself all those years you know because I never told anyone about it Um, I just really kept it to myself well, was it kind of happenstance that you met these people or were you at this point seeking classes and going to events? No, it was totally by happenstance. And it's one of the reasons I have a love affair with New York City because I'm uh, from Silver Spring, Maryland, but it wasn't yeah. until I moved to Brooklyn that I met like-minded people, you okay. know, and um, it was just, it changed my life. Just, you know, met people partying, you wow. know, so I wasn't looking for them at all. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how life will bring us into these alignments anyway? I mean, it'll just happen anyway. So what was going on? Did you start to develop and accept more of the intuition before being introduced to Reiki or did Reiki kind of click that open for you more deeply? 
I think in the, in the earlier years, I didn't even equate it with intuition. I understood it more as like energy, you know, and sensitivity, but I wasn't really using the word intuition. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew that I could feel things from other people and I would be overwhelmed and all these things were happening because I didn't know how to manage all this stuff I was receiving. Yes. But I didn't think of it as like me using my intuition. And it wasn't until um, I really started to intellectualize my spiritual experiences that I was able to understand it better under the umbrella of intuition and how wide intuition is, you know? Right. So was it, did you start doing Reiki or which one came first where you started to explore it even deeper? So my experience with Reiki is so divine because mm-hmm. I was not interested in Reiki at all. And I, I've told this story so many times, but it's so poignant because I, I was going to a Reiki master's house for these spiritual gatherings that she would mm-hmm. have, you know, and um, I loved her and I trusted her. And one day I scheduled an appointment to have something else done. And it had been scheduled maybe two weeks before the actual appointment. Yeah. So on the day of the appointment, when I show up at her house and I'm ready to have this other thing done and she's ready to attune me to Reiki. Oh, wow. And like I said, I had no interest, you know, at that time. I don't even know how much I knew about Reiki, but because that's what she actually prepared herself to do, I didn't want to disrespect her and not do what she was ready to do. (laughs) So I just went with the flow, you know? And so, um, you know, she's praying over me and attuning me to Reiki one and we're in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And this man comes over and he asks us what we're doing and he sees all the papers and all the things that say Reiki. And then he asked if I wanted to practice on him. And the woman says, oh, you know, the universe always sends you exactly what you need when you need it. Oh, so you all, she was attuning you outdoors at a park. Outdoors, we're in a park. Okay. Yeah, we're outside in a public park. We'd been there at that point for maybe about four hours, you know, before he comes over. And so when he comes over, I'm essentially doing what she just taught me to do. I start with the soles of his feet and I started to get all this information about his wife and his daughter. And so I asked the woman if I could speak because, you know, Reiki is typically silent. And she said, of course. So I'm telling him as I jump around his body, I'm telling him all this stuff about his life. And when we were finished, my window is open. I'm sorry for that. When we were finished, he says, you know, how did you know all of that? You're exactly right. And I said to him, I have no idea because I've never done that in life until this very moment. Yeah. That's what I was curious. I was going to ask you, had that ever happened before? Was it right after the attunement all of a sudden? Wow. Okay. And so how did that feel? Was it very sensational for you? Were you getting images? What was the experience like? That is such a good question. And I'm so glad to be talking about this here because I haven't, you know, spoken about it to a Reiki audience. And I know so many people are like me yeah, (laughs) and, you know, may not know it or may not own it or whatever the case is. And so for me in that moment, it was showing up um, what I now understand about people who are clear tangent. And this is specific to um, people who are clear tangent versus the other clear senses touch triggers clairvoyance. So mm-hmm. I do see things in my mind's eye, you know, um, it also triggers clairsentience. So I'm feeling things, although I'm also clairsentient on my own without the clairtangent yeah. and, and some claircognizance is also happening, you know, which means I'm, there's some things I just know the touch yes. triggers all of that. And I know Reiki practitioners are having the same experience when you touch people, 
you are, you know, things about them, you're feeling things about them and your mind's eye is probably giving you information about them too, you know? Yes. So yeah. it's so nice to like spread the message of Claire Tangent in this way, because I also think of it as the lesser known Claire, you know? It is. You know, it's funny hearing you say this, that was my experience, but I didn't know there was a, a, a name word. of it, a word for it. No. And it's interesting because when I first got attuned, I remember I was so sad. I didn't want anyone to touch me. And it wasn't because of what I started seeing or feeling in that regard. It was more, it was too intense to simply just feel someone else energetically. I was like, don't like, don't even put your hand on my leg, you know? So I went through that. But then when I would do sessions, I would see all kinds of like incredible things. And, but I never made that correlation to touch until now you just look at you educating us all here today on Reiki radio. <laughs> yes. All the clear tangent healers that don't know it then like yeah. me. And in the beginning, when I was practicing Reiki, I would say to people, you know, oh, my sessions are, it's like Reiki, but I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I would tell people. Cause I did not yet know the word clear tangent. Right. You know? Yeah. Um. So it's been a learning journey for me and it's, it's, um, so yeah, I think all three of those things were happening in that first experience with that random person in Prospect Park. <laughs> That's really interesting though. And it is incredible. The people that we have an opportunity to work with or hold space for what they help us recognize and realize about ourselves. So, okay. So you had no interest all mm -hmm. of a sudden here you are tuned. And now, I mean, talk about going quick like the ball <laughs> really start you know what I mean yeah you go from thinking you're coming for one thing and then you have this completely unexpected experience after it was over and you're mm -hmm. in your own space was there a part of you like what just happened or were you just so <laughs> curious and excited to do it again no, I, it was so, I treated it like such a normal everyday thing. Like I went to my boyfriend's house at the time and I told him what happened. And then I just went on with my life. I don't even think I really started practicing or seeing clients until maybe months later. Wow. I wasn't like blown away. Yes. You know, and I think because I already have processed life in a very, I know how dynamic and amazing this experience is that we get to have, you yes. know? And so when these things happen, I'm just like, oh, of course, you know, like, yeah, this is, this is real life, mm -hmm. you know? So no, I didn't really make it a thing. And it was years until I started practicing on a regular basis. I would see the woman and she would always say to me, you know, are you practicing? Are you practicing? Oh, wow. And then when she had events at her house, she would, she would, you know, make me do it with someone. She's like, Ebony, go, <laughs> go, go do that. You know? <laughs> Oh, she, never, she never used the word clear tangent either, you right. know, um, but she knew how powerful it was because people were crying and all kinds of things were coming up. So wait, I have to ask you this then. So when mm -hmm. you would lay your hands aside from you just feeling and sensing and seeing things, did the person on the receiving end, did they also have an experience? Mm -hmm. how, but I also wanted to know, did this happen just anytime you touched anyone or was it very specific to when you were in that like healing zone? Very good questions. So, um, so for the other person, I've had clients tell me they can feel my energy, yes. you know, I mean, they cry, you know, it, the sessions are really intense because so much comes up. It's really dynamic because so many things are happening at one time. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, channeling divine energy, right? And like all, it's unblocking emotional and mental and yes. you know psychological things for them. So 
Um, it's, people cry often. It's, I always tell people they're not really like feel good sessions, you know, because yeah. so much intense stuff comes up and I'm a Scorpio rising and I feel mm-hmm. like that part of me gets in there, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, because I tend to connect with like things that are subconscious um, for people, you know? And so, yeah. Um, did I answer your question though? You were saying what happens for the client. So yeah. So there are tears, they can feel my energy. Sometimes some people mm-hmm. fall asleep, you know, um, some people record the sessions, which I highly suggest because so much information comes up and, um, and can I do it with, when I'm not focused? Um, sometimes, you know, in the early years, the answer was an absolute no. I, it was only happening when I was in a session with a client yeah. and not with casual touch, but nowadays, and I don't know if it's just people who I have, who I'm connected with in general, but it can happen casually, you know, right. with people that I have connections with. I have another question about that, but before I get to, I have to ask, do you know what your moon is in? Yeah. Li- Libra. Libra. Okay. I'd ask because mm-hmm. there's someone in the alchemy circle. She's also a Virgo with Scorpio rising, but she has a Pisces yes. moon. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. So I, two things about what you said, one with the unblocking information and what people start to experience in that. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you bring this up because a lot of people do hear, you know, healing and about this work. And they may think that, I don't know how, you know, we, and maybe it's just our desire. Like we hope that we will go in with whatever stuckness we have, any frustration, any thing that is making us feel some kind of way. And then we'll go into a Reiki session. Then all of a sudden feel like rainbows. And sometimes that happens. Stuff will move Mm -hmm. and you may get up and want to do cartwheels. However, sometimes things move and there's emotion that erupts and there's things you start to recognize and realize. So what has been your relationship to that in helping people understand, like, what do they do when they walk away from you in session? Yeah, that's such a good point. I'm so sorry about my oh, honey. We have interviewed people in New York before, and much worse has happened. Okay, it is okay. We can barely it is hear ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. <laughs> I swear, I live in the loudest neighborhood in the city. But um, so I have definitely had clients that take tell me that you know they feel so much lighter and like a different person when they get yeah. up. You know, like they feel so much better than yes. they felt previously because you know the energy has been lightened for them or and lifted for them. Um, and what do I tell them afterwards? I typically tell them to have a glass of water. Mm-hmm. You know, get up slowly and when you're ready and to have a glass of water and to really take it easy for the rest of the day and, yeah. you know, not drink alcohol, you know, not engage in, don't smoke marijuana or do it like just right. really sit and be with yourself and process and feel all the things, you know, and, and they usually also report that they sleep really good that night. Even people that yeah. are horrible sleepers, yeah. they'll email me and tell me they had like the best sleep they've ever had, you know? Yes. It is incredible <laughs> what, I mean, cause you never know what's going to happen until you have the experience, but yeah. I, I have to ask you this too, especially mm-hmm. because I know a lot of people listening are like, I feel like they're screaming, asking me to ask you this right now. <laughs> A lot of people who get into this work, they are either already very empathic or they it really heightens for them after getting attuned. And yeah. a lot of people have a fear of what if I feel someone else or see certain things or, you know, and some people are afraid of just just having the sensation almost like they'll take it on as their own. 
So with you laying of hands and then all of a sudden being so receptive and tuned in, do you have any um, suggestions for people of like how not to take it as their own? How do Mm -hmm. you cleanse or disconnect when you're done? Do you have any little trade secrets? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, now present day, I don't really do much of anything because I think I've gotten so good at, you know, whatever I'm doing. But back in the day after a session, I would get hungry. Mm. Like I would automatically, my appetite would be like insatiable. I'd want to eat everything. And I didn't know what that was about. And presently I do, I do prefer to share sessions on an empty stomach, you know, But that wasn't what I was doing in the beginning. I was just doing it whenever. And I would be really hungry afterwards. And so I would eat, <laughs> you know, um, and and I would really focus on my heart chakra because there, I, there was a point in my life when I was less conscious about how to manage my own energy that I would feel other people's energy to the point where I would become sad if they were sad. You know, mm-hmm. and so I learned that when I filter that energy through my heart chakra, it is, um, I don't have that same effect. I was filtering it through my solar plexus. Okay. So focusing on the heart chakra, I think is super protective. And, um, and I used to sage myself too, after my clients, you know, I used to give myself like a quick little sage bath, um, but that's it, you know, and nowadays I don't do anything after sessions because I, I already know that I have created that distance between me and them. And when I'm not focused and I disconnect, like I'm disconnected, I don't have to do anything, you know? It's really interesting what we're capable of once we recognize and accept it in our mind. So like yeah. even that acceptance of like, I'm disconnected, I'm done, like that can be enough to be yep. done. But there's just a lot of times people have to work through the layers of fear to get there. But it's interesting that you say you used to eat afterwards, because I remember when I started um, studying intuitive development, I had a couple of different teachers say that it was common that a lot of people would gain weight when developing their intuition because they would start eating more to ground. And so it was a way of bringing themselves back into body that they would. Yeah. And especially that. mm -hmm. Yeah. I never thought of that. That's exactly what I was doing then, you know, because I just knew that I needed to, I would be so hungry. And I guess that makes so much sense. Thank you for that. Yeah, honey. That's what we're here for. (laughs) I'm so happy to have that understanding. (laughs) Each one, teach one. No, but I, I really truly um, was also curious about this in your work because it is so intuitive And I know from reading about your work, there's a lot of focus on the chakras and people's energy centers will relay a lot to you. Mm -hmm. Well, another thing that's very common now is a lot of people are finding um, um, that they do what is now called medical intuition. So I wanted to know from your point of view, is there any difference here between what people may categorize as medical intuition versus where you are in communication with primarily chakra intelligence? I definitely think they're different. You know, Um, sometimes in my sessions, I will pick up medical information about folks, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the womb area, fibroids, like I will feel them, you know? Um, So, but, and they're completely different, I think, because the way I understand it, you know, when I'm tuning into the chakras, it's going to definitely tell me, whatever is happening in relation to that chakra, medical or not, you know, I just get the information, but a medical intuitive can actually heal that condition. Mm -hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes all the sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, there's, there, there may be some healing that is taking place in their session with me because I'm sending divine energy to that space. If it's an organ or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, you know, but the actual like more tangible, physical healing, medical intuitives, I believe are capable of that. And that's not what I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify because I wonder if there are some people who are very tuned in just to say to the energy body and maybe they think that is, but I was, I thought the same thing, quite honestly. I was like, I wonder if the medical intuition is more about the physical vessel, whereas with the intuition and the expression of information from the chakras is more related to like our energy body. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but just and it makes curious. me think of um John of God, who you know mm-hmm. is now, I believe he's in jail for some things. But before all, I mean, he's still <laughs> he's still who he is. He still has yeah. the spiritual gifts that he has, right. right? And you know, when I remember the things that he used to do, you know, yeah. like those are very like, physical, unbelievable, things. yeah, unbelievable, yeah. and they were very physical. And that is not at all what I do right. in my sessions. When there are medical issues that I'm picking up on, I can relate them to ways of being and things yes. that they're doing that are contributing to that, to exacerbating that thing yes. or to the creation of that condition or challenge, you know. Um, but as far as healing it medically, no. But you bring up a really good point though, Ebony, because this is one of the things I've recognized and believe wholeheartedly after, you know, working with energy over these years yeah, is that I think a lot of times we don't recognize how much what we hold energetically will then attribute to how the body responds on a physical level. And a lot of times people will recognize, say, for example, if someone came to you and there was some heart chakra healing for them, but Mm -hmm. then because their heart started to open up or have compassion or forgive, whatever it was, their back pain started to alleviate. Yes. You know what I mean? Like very interesting correlations like that as well. Absolutely. So much of my sessions are are like that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I connect those dots for people in yeah. very tangible ways that then affect the physical things. Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. That's why, well, well, one of many reasons why this work is so fascinating to me and it continues to be. Yeah. But another thing um, I wanted to ask you about today that I think will help everyone out <laughs> is you do have a upcoming book called the intuitive nudge and it has eight steps to trust our gut rely on ourselves and create a joyful life but i know in your work you put a lot of emphasis on how trusting our gut helps us to have a better relationship to ourselves and living lives that we desire so could you talk a little bit about this like this connection to trusting our gut trusting ourselves and why this is so important Yes, absolutely. And thank you for mentioning the book because um, I I feel like I channeled that entire book. It was so beautiful to write and it wrote itself very quickly. Mm. And it's really, I don't mention the Claire's in the book at all. It's really um, about intuition overall, you know, really layman's terms for the average Joe, you know? And um, I just forgot your other question. Um, Why is trusting? Yes, trusting your gut. So the way that I process you know, us as human beings is, you know, we're divine beings and we don't know it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we partially know it. We know it sometimes in some areas of our (laughs) lives. 
where it's proven itself to us more than other areas. Right. And so um, because I think of us as divine, you know, trusting what your yourself is so important because we have an innate intelligence that is giving us information about things that we're desiring all day long, but mm-hmm. we just don't trust that part of ourselves and we let our brain kick in and then believe the brain and follow what the brain says. Yeah. So it's so because we're divine, it's so important to trust that and to build that relationship with our divine selves. Oh, yes, I agree. A hundred percent. It's interesting. I always think of how limited our view is before we start to come into relationship with our intuitive mind or our higher nature and what it would be like. I even like the sensation of it. You know, I often think of the, the visual of having a very contained kind of tight mind that's, you know, worried or whatever it is that we go through in our very human experience, right. Versus having that capacity to, allow room and spaciousness and allowing the mind to open up and then just these new intuitive insights and inspirations become more known to us but that in of itself it just feels more free I like that that feeling of it yes absolutely and I I can't imagine life without that knowing right for people who don't experience life in the way that we do. Yes. It must be. And life is hard for me with all of this. Life is hard. It's just nature. It's supposed to be, I get it, you know, Um, as well as joy. It's all the things, but um, I can't imagine living life without having this way of processing life because it would just be that much harder for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that there's something about it that gives us this knowing of possibility in the background. You know, you, you bring up a good point of um, this reminds me of something you said a few minutes ago when you were talking about um, hi, my mind just went blank on it. But, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it all that happens. But I was thinking about the intuition and how, you know, it did give me this allowance to have more consideration even and not cling and attach so much to my own stories, my, my own perspectives or only function from what I experienced in the past. Right. It really, it just, this is why I think it's such an important thing for us to come into relationship with, because it's not just about like predicting something or, you know, knowing something like, I don't know, but the relationship with yourself, that's why I'm excited to hear you do focus on this. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like how you've noticed being in relationship to your intuition, just that, Mm -hmm. that texture, that quality of life that it gives you. (laughs) It's so, it's, it's, it's so incredible because you get to see how intelligent life is. Yes. It, which blows me away because there are things that will happen in my present life, but the route to get me there started Lord knows how many years ago, you know, and I can see the direct correlation to that thing that happened so many years ago (laughs) that is exact showing up exact in this moment, you know, that's why past, present and future. They're all happening at the same time, right? They're all happening at the same time. And so, um, and, and, you know, it's, it reminds me of how loving life is too, you know, and that life loves me. And that despite mm-hmm. the things that are hard and challenging, um, 
the beauty and joy that we have access to far outweighs those things. So it's just such a beautiful, it's such a gift, you know, it just gives me such a appreciation and richness to my life that I would not have otherwise. That is so beautiful, Ebony. Yeah. So I wrote down what you said, how intelligent, it lets you see how intelligent life is. I'm like, that is such a beautiful way of expressing that and that life loves me. I mean, could you imagine just that shift in consciousness or perspective? Because a lot of times we feel so beat up, you know, by like the universe where like something, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I did. This is my karma. There's, we have so many reasons and stories to, I like give reason to why we're going through a challenge rather than seeing the potential potential and possibility that the challenge is just pushing you to grow a bit. It's pushing you to change, to evolve in some way. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and then it evolves your entire worldview. It evolves everything. And you, you just have more access to more information because you have now your, you've expanded your, your view and your perception of things. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful that we're having this conversation again, because I do think even we have a limited view around the purpose of intuition and why people may or may not claim that they are when literally it's a part of we're designed this way. And yes. that relationship, again, I think even from what you're sharing really um, gives more emphasis to like, even if you don't want to be psychic, so to speak, you know, yeah. this, this yeah. is good for you. It's part of your design and it can help you live differently. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And in the same way that we evolve other aspects of ourselves, you know, this is a natural innate aspect of every single human being. So why would right. you, why would you not allow it to grow? You right. Know? Yeah. And I... use it in the way that you choose to. So I want to, ask you about this, even the titling of your book, The Intuitive Nudge, which is, you know, I like that. But can you talk a little (laughs) bit about that? There's just that title, The Intuitive Nudge, and then the eight steps. Would you say that this is, you said you write it in layman's terms for everyone, but these eight steps, do you feel like they're, uh, they'll be identifiable for people that are like, I don't know if I'm intuitive. Yes, absolutely. That was my whole intention for the book. I don't want anyone to, you know, question their intuitive ability after they read the book and their activities for people to practice in their own life, in their own time. You know, like I said, I truly channeled it. It's I'm so excited for the book and I don't, you know, um, I really didn't want to, to isolate anyone. And so um, the the nudge part really, it really talks about all the cues that we're getting all day long. If we just mm-hmm. pay attention, we're being, we're literally being nudged all day long, you yeah. know, but we just don't pay attention to that part of ourselves. We're paying attention to the other things that we've been paying attention to all our lives. Yes. <laughs> and, and not to mention how much distraction we have I and mean, we have the phones and we have just so much madness. Oh my goodness. Fills our minds. (laughs) If we don't just pause, I was literally talking about this in class the other day. I told um, the class, I'm like, imagine like we just give ourselves moments of empty of peace, just moments. Like, don't worry about trying to sustain it. Like you're a baby Buddha 24 hours a day, but even just, just moments (laughs) of emptiness would help us. And it's so, and I'm grateful for some of the distractions. Of course I engage in them and I like them and I use them, but you know, I use them sparingly. Yeah. 
because I know that it's detrimental to the, me having the relationship with this part of myself, you yes. know? And that's the part I think being even curious about our intuition and going through the process of developing relationship to it, you're building a relationship with you yes. and you're finally taking time to see and know you in a way that you probably were totally unaware of, which in of itself is really fascinating. Yes. And it's, it's really a big love affair with yourself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a massive love affair with yourself. Giving Is that one of the eight steps? <laughs> no, I just, with that yourself. just came to me in this moment, <laughs> but I should use it. That'd be book number two. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a massive intense love affair with yourself because yeah. you get to see how incredibly intelligent you are, you know, yes. beyond your brain. And it's just, it will blow you away over and over again. I love no. that. I'll I'll remind you to write it down when we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to ask you too, Ebony, before, you know, time goes so quickly. It does. But really curious, what is your relationship with Reiki now? Because it seems like, you know, you had the attunement, took a bit of a pause, and now it sounds like you really are so comfortable with the way divine intelligence expresses through you. So what's your yeah. relationship to that now? It's so interesting because while I love and appreciate Reiki, yeah. I can't really do it anymore because I cannot connect with someone in that way and not speak. <laughs> like I can't, those other, I, I don't know how to do that. You know, like if someone's like, I just want Reiki, I don't want to know anything. Just send me the energy, but don't tell me anything. That yeah. would be so hard for me to do. And you know so what? we're going <laughs> to say you're doing Reiki. You just do it. Vocally. <laughs> <laughs> and I also feel like because Claire Tangent is one of the lesser known Claire's yes. and, you know, many people um, are less familiar with that. I want to, um, I want to expand people's knowledge of this thing because there yeah. are more people like me. They just yeah. don't know it, you know? Yeah. And, and um, I feel like that's where I can be of service, you know, the most in my Claire Tangent sessions, because there's so many beautiful Reiki practitioners. Like yeah. I don't, they, the world doesn't need, at least New York City does not need another Reiki practitioner. Yeah. There are tons of wonderful ones. Yes. No, but there 100%. are, I don't know as many Claire Tangent practitioners. And so this is something unique and different that I can offer to serve people. Well, I think that's the beautiful thing too, is when we don't put any, um, self-imposed restrictions or limitations around our practice. I think mm -hmm. a lot, well, some anyway, practitioners come to recognize what opens up for them personally. Like, mm. you know, that's why I even joke and say like, oh, you're doing Reiki. It's just your way, you know, <laughs> yes. but it, it really is. I think a lot of people, cause I say that because I've talked about it on the podcast before. There was a time where yeah. I questioned if I was doing Reiki or not. And it was because no what I was experiencing was outside of the framework of what my mm. teachers had said yeah. was part of the practice. So I was like, I don't know if I can even say I'm doing Reiki because I was seeing stuff and all kinds of all this was happening. Yeah. And then I realized I this just expresses through us however it does. I yeah. mean, I don't think most people are going to get attuned and then right away touch someone and then have the experience you had but it was mm -hmm. very unique to you yeah. what the energy opened up in you. Right. So I yeah. think if we all are more open to just what is this going to help me recognize, you know, yes. who knows, let's see. I think a lot more practitioners would probably 
recognize and become more aware of how it's unique to them and being okay with that. So I'm glad that you're like, this is what it opened up and now I'm claiming it and I'm teaching you all about clairtangency. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Do you teach this? So for people who are, um, can resonate with this, right? If they're like, oh my God, Ebony, that's what happens to me. I touch. (laughs) And then it's like, wasn't there like an X-Man character or some character? I know I've seen something before a movie or something where people, they would touch and then it was their way of reading like people's thoughts or tuning into what someone experienced. It's so funny because as spiritual as I am, I am so not into sci-fi stuff. Listen, I've never, I've never seen the whole Star Wars or like any of those. I I don't, I'm, I'm so not into them. So I have no idea. Well, I'm going to look it up and try to send to you. I know yeah, there's some character that. that that's their ability, right? But if someone is listening and they're resonating, they're curious, is this something that you teach or we can really understand this more mm-hmm. in the book? Oh, wow. Well, in the book, I don't talk about the Claire's okay, at all. Right. I talk about intuition overall. I think yeah. Claire's senses are just under the umbrella of intuition, yes. you know? People are using it with tarot cards and like all the different ways, right? Yes. Um, but in my intuition coaching sessions, I did have a client who learned she was claircognizant. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, the way I process my healing journey and my spiritual life, as a child, I was experiencing claircognizant and clairsentient. I just didn't know those words, yeah. you know? And so, um, yeah, it would it would be something I could support people in like there in the intuition coaching, but it's not the specific outcome of the coaching the, yes. the outcome is your intuition overall and maybe it, we would land here you know yeah well let's talk about that because I'm yeah. sure that people are curious um which is why I love that we get to have these conversations because <laughs> there's always you know people out there that are like she was speaking just to me um uh, uh, it's a beautiful thing so yeah. could you talk a little bit about the work that you are doing now and what is available mm-hmm. to people who would like to work with you and learn from you yeah, for sure. So um, I offer clear tangent sessions, of course, which are hour long. Right now, they're only remote, um, but I do can do in person as well. And I also offer intuition coaching, which I am adoring. You know, I I don't even know where the idea for this came <laughs> from. Like it just, I created this whole curriculum around it. It's an eight week course that I do one-on-one with people via Zoom. And I support them in really... Um, understanding how and what they're doing that is blocking them from receiving. I don't like the word block. That is, that is disallowing them from receiving like more of their intuition because we're all receiving it at different levels. I think about intuition as like beginner, intermediate and advanced with the clear senses being an advanced use of intuition. And, but we're all doing it at the beginner level, whether people know it or believe it or not, you know? So it's really, they're really practical. Um, sessions with me, but they're intense sessions too. I mean, the eight weeks goes by really fast and it's a lot of information that comes up in an hour, you know? Yeah, no, that's incredible. And it's funny. So many people now will say this caveat, like, oh, it's only remote now. I think a lot of people have stuck to this one because it's nice. We get to open up to working with people globally, but it also, I think a lot of times people relax more when they get to be in their own space space. in their own environment. Yeah. So it can Mm -hmm. be really nice to have sessions and classes 
within the comfort of your own home because yes. there is this level of comfort that comes with yes. that as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, I do, I, I I can share too that I am I moved on to being a Reiki level two practitioner. Like I do Reiki on myself, you yeah. know. Um, at the end of a long day when I'm in bed, I'll give myself Reiki before I go to bed, you know, yes. and use the symbols to support myself. So I definitely I do still use it. It's just not what I do with other people as much. It's more yeah, just for me. That's what I love again about what you're sharing because I'm hoping it will inspire people to know it's okay to own just however energy may work through you or how it may yeah. inspire you. Because there are a lot of people who come into Reiki for self use. Like I listen, I surely had no vision of doing a podcast and I didn't think I was going to work with anyone else at all. It was all meant to help me period point blank the end. Right. Wow, so we I never know that. how it's going to open us up, what it will open us up to yeah. or how. So I think it's really cool that you, like Reiki was like, Hey, Hey, Ebony, this is what you're capable of. Go share this with the people. And yeah. you can still lay hands on yourself and work with the elements of Reiki for your personal development. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I need it. I need it. I want to always maintain my relationship with Reiki because yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful to it for leading me to this other thing. Right. You know? Yeah. See this, this, you're opening up a can of worms here, Ebony. A really good one. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully, let's truly. open it. <laughs> because I think that a lot of people, again, experience this, but shy away from it because, again, maybe no one else ever said it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incredibly sad, which is part of the reason I started the podcast, that sometimes when we encounter things that our teachers didn't say, or perhaps we mm -hmm. haven't come across the right book yet, or, you know, these things, mm -hmm. people think they're doing it wrong. Or they right. become afraid of what they encounter and then they start to try to shut it all down or run away. And it's like, oh, but what is being revealed to you about I you know. and your inherent ability, your yes. natural design? I mean, we're afraid of our power, you know, yes. I know I definitely was, you know, yeah. and so. I understand that it's, yeah. it's a, and the, the responsibility connected to it because it changes who you are, Yes, you know, because you have a greater understanding of energy and people and their needs, and then you having to manage your needs and it changes, it changes who you are and, and, and you're responsible in a different way, you right. know, your level yeah. of responsibility increases. Of course. Well, I have to ask you this to my love. Um, yeah. I know we're like, oh, the clock is ticking. No, I but love it. I'm, I'm enjoying every second. Me too. I thank <laughs> you so much for coming. So one of the things I have to ask you about this is when you do encounter what people may think is like dark or heavy or mm -hmm. like maybe you sense or feel or see something that, you know, is not going to be the most comfortable to relay or convey. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Thank you for asking this because when you were talking about the medical thing, it kind of came up, but I didn't speak it at the time. So the way that shows up for me in my clear tangent session. So I had a client and she had had an abortion and was still holding the guilt of that abortion. Uh -huh. And I felt it when I touched her womb and I asked her and she said, yes. And, you know, um, and this was when she was in college and, you know, it'd been at least 10, 12 years ago. And she was still, and she'd have, she's since birthed the child, you know, and is in a healthy relationship and was still holding this thing in her womb. Yeah. And so, um, 
you know, when those kinds of things come up, I generally, it's tricky for me because I generally don't believe in good and bad. Right. Yeah. And so I can say, because of that, I can just like spit it out because yes. I don't think it's bad. I'm just, it's information, information. you know, yep. but I have, I, but I know, and I do practice, you know, that I know other people think of things as good and bad. Yes. And so I will, um, I use the word challenge a lot, you know, and I talk about, I'll feel those things as like being really heavy, like literally can feel like it weighs a ton, you know, in the person's body. That's how it'll show up to me. And, um, and it'll be thick and dense. And, you know, so I, I, those are the typical words that I will use to describe it. And then I will go further depending on what the challenge is. I'll be more descriptive, but it's like a loving description because I don't want the person to judge it you know, and I, and I definitely don't judge it, but I don't yeah. want them to like, think I'm judging it because I'm using certain words right? that they identify. So I'm being, it's an incredibly thoughtful thing for me <laughs> yes. when, when that stuff comes up because, because I want the person to, you know, feel good about having the information while also being in their truth about what it is, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. But I love that you bring this up too, because there's so much mindfulness that has to come into so how we communicate and you know, how things are expressed and really understanding the weight of our words. Yes. And yeah. And, and the perception, God, you are sending my mind down a rabbit hole, Ebony, because <laughs> there's just so many layers to this that I think yes. we could have had like a four hour conversation. It's that true. Just been like foundational support for people who are coming into energy work. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of meat and topic here. So maybe yep. you'll come back, come back to see us. That. Yeah. When the book like, is published and yes. it's actually on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. No, really, truly. Yeah. Please do. I would love that. I would love to go deeper with you, especially, I mean, like we're touching on some stuff that we could really yeah. deep dive into, but and I it's can't... important for people that do energy work to know because it's, yes. energy is the realest thing that exists. Yes. <laughs> it so. is so true. It is so true. And I, I can't thank you. And I am so thankful. What a beautiful day. This Yay. is my second interview today. And both have been just like incredible. I'm so Yay. thankful. And I'm really, really thankful that I got a chance to meet you today. And for thank all you. that you shared, uh -huh. um, I'm sure that this will be very supportive and enlightening for other people on the path and wherever they may be within that. So I want everyone to know we're going to keep an eye out for your book, but you're going to come back when it's published, but it's called yes. The Intuitive Nudge, Eight Steps to Trust Your Gut, Rely on Yourself, and Create a Joyful Life. You can also learn more about Ebony and her work at her website, ebonybanks.me, okay? And it's Ebony with an I, all right? But it's down in the show description. And then we can follow you on Instagram at Intuitive Ebony Writes. Again, that's Ebony with an I, Intuitive Ebony Writes. Um, just one last thing, because you did write a book. Do you host or facilitate any kind of like writing circles or hmm. do any type of intuitive writing work with I have oh, not. I no. And I have never even thought of that. And this is the second book I wrote. The first book I don't really talk about yet. It's a memoir and it's a little further away from being published. Yes. But that book was such a process in writing. And I, again, I think it wrote itself, you wow. know? Yeah. And so that would be interesting to think about because I really 
I don't credit me for the things that are in my books, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I should think about that some more. Yeah, really, truly. And honestly, I think it's, well, there's so many layers to that, right? Because yeah. there's the creative aspect, there's the intuitive aspect, there's the working with, because you work with people and helping to move beyond or work through resistance that may be in the way of their intuition, that same type of work could help us get out of the way of our creative noise, you know, well, whatever. Yes. You're yes. coming back. We'll go down that I'm rabbit coming hole. back. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Ebony. And for everyone else, thank you for tuning in. We will see you very soon. Bye for now. Okay, beautiful alchemist. Let's first of all, thank Ebony again for coming to share her path, her experiences, her wisdom with us. Ebony's upcoming book is called The Intuitive Nudge. And she already said she will come back and join us once that is published. But you can go to her website now, learn more about her work at ebonybanks.me. That's ebony with an I, banks.me. And you can follow her on Instagram at intuitiveebony.me rights. So I have the links for all of that down in the show description. Don't forget you can rate the show, leave a review. I love the feedback. I love to hear from you all, but it also helps Reiki Radio grow and reach more people who are seeking on their path. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Give us five stars, leave a post, a review. I read all of them. And I, again, I thank you for taking the time to do that. And don't forget, if you want to join the Reiki Rays Global Healing Summit, if you want to access all of that juicy information now, go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, register, sign up, get your access, and download the Energetic Alchemist app. While you are on your phone, be sure to do that. Get more information and you can watch the interviews there as well. All right, beauties, that is it for this week. Thank you so much to Ebony. Everyone, remember to always journey in love.